Pharisee, I preach the gospel I follow the apostles, you follow Pentecostals You're not reformed, so that's a risk I believe the five points like an asterisk I repent, but you're in sin still I spit rhymes and Fernando does a windmill Here we go, and welcome to another episode of SolarCast Your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez, and my man, Jimmy De Los Santos How you doing, Pastor Chris? Pastor Henry Knox Hey, hey, what's going on, people? What's up, Pastor Chris? What's going on, brothers? You guys recovering from uh, all the food you ate at Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's quite a bit, man. It's It's been good this year, man. We got a chance to just stay home. Not a whole lot of driving. Because every year we always find ourselves driving. My mom stays in Fort Worth and then my mother-in-law stays in Frisco. So, like, we didn't do all the hop, skipping and jumping this year. We just stayed home, sent out the invite to the church. A, a few of uh, the church members came, and then a couple family members came. We kind of stopped by, made the rounds. I just ate food, took a nap, watched the Cowboys, played some games, and it was just kosher, man, the whole day. Jimmy, you were nice. sick, right? I had been fighting a little sickness uh, through the week, but uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, that thing got the upper hand on me, man. I woke mm-hmm. up, and I was just like, I was just like, torn down and, and uh, I'd NyQuil the, through the whole day. A few highlights of my day on Thursday is that, you know, well, my kids, they, they wouldn't go spend time with their mom at their aunt's house. And so the house was empty. I was supposed to go to my mom's, but I had to, I had to cancel that. Thelma, my sister brought me a, a plate late in the day. She, she lives a mile away from me. So she, she just came by and knocked on the door. It was raining outside. She's wearing a raincoat, handed me a plate and, and, and drove off. And I was like, man, <laughs> I, I, was, I was thankful for that. And then, you know, in the middle of the Cowboys, too. She did that at halftime during the Cowboys, uh, you know, a game. So, oh. uh, you know, had, had a good day after that, man, you know, because the Cowboys really kind of destroyed the, the, the New York Giants. What, what, um, what, was, what, was, what, was, what was the final score? Tw- 28 to 14? 28 to 20. That last touchdown didn't really count. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like, you know. A gimme, but in, yeah, in any y'all case, know that from a regular, just a normal uh, size turkey day or Thanksgiving day meal, uh, with with the the regular things like turkey dressing and all that, you know, it has eighteen hundred fourteen calories. I'm pretty sure it does, man. Yeah, but we don't really do that on Thanksgiving day, We don't count calories on That's not including the pie or anything else. We, we, what we do on on Thanksgiving day is is we. Uh, we pray that that the Lord would take away any kind of demonic force that would add calories to our. <laughs> I think we saw that on some kind of like you sent a video or somebody sent a video through Twitter about the, the all the denominations coming together to have that meeting, and that was the Pentecostal prayer, you know. And I thought I thought it was just hilarious, man. Oh, man. Um, we, we're going to pray the the demon of calories away, and wow. I'm like, okay, how do you do that, yeah, you know? Yeah. But Pastor, I, I, I guess the real question is like, what what do you eat like on your plate? Like like like, do you join everything thing together? Like you know, some some things are married together. You know, like right, right. dressing and and cranberry sauce. You know, do you eat gravy on top of your like turkey? Like whatever. I'm 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 like one of those segregationist eaters, so I don't <laughs> eat, like like nothing has to touch on my plate. You know, I gotta have my greens in a separate bowl. You know, like you know, you can't do all the juices on top of your cornbread. Like, come on, man. You know, like nah, some things man, just I, don't go together. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, man. I guess you can call me uh, a woke man because uh, I, I like the 
<laughs> I, I, I like it to be, you know, multicultural. You know, what I, mean? yeah. uh, I, I like it. I, I like everything together. Man, I, I got a big spoonful of, of mashed potatoes, and there was a uh, some green bean casserole in the middle of it. I didn't even see it until I. Oh, look! And it goes good. It goes good together, Pastor Andrew. <laughs> You ought to you ought to try it. Diversify, man. Yeah, oh, first, yeah. that's what I was looking for. The word I was looking for for uh, force diversity. You know, force we got to force force it. Oh man, oh man. Well, there's 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 some things that shouldn't get mixed up though, right? And that's some things true. some things that should it should just stay the way that they have been uh, over time, right? Some things that just don't go that God didn't intend to go together, right? Right. Like God yeah. intent. For some of these, you know, different things on our plate to go together. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. I can understand the greens being separate, right? Because that's a separate thing, right? And some of those juices just don't belong in the mashed potatoes. Amen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So well, let's do it. You know, uh, I guess that was our Thanksgiving episode, right? Because we didn't do that's one, right. so we did a little intro for it. But. Uh, <laughs> so. Terrible segue. (laughs) (laughs) So recently, you know, our our government passed a law uh, titled the uh, Respect for Marriage Act. They haven't uh, passed it yes. yet, though. Yeah. Have they, Chris? They got to vote for it. Uh, I think they're pushing. Oh, they haven't passed it. Okay, they're, yeah, they're yeah, passed the Senate, but it has to go to the House. Right, so. right. Yeah. They passed the Senate so far, so they're looking to uh, codify this law, and, and you know, it has to deal with uh, same-sex marriage and so forth. So we thought we wanted to talk about that, just to use that as a springboard to talk about what marriage is, because you know, as believers, we do have a standard, and that's going to be different from the world, and we do have something uh, that uh, we we want to talk about here on this episode in regards to uh, this act. Uh, not, not, not. We're not going to spend the whole time, you know, getting into the, the the political side of it, but we do want to uh, use it as a springboard, like I said, to to talk about marriage in general and what it is and and how God defines that. Of course, as uh, as believers, we have, like I said, a way of viewing that. So let, let's set it up this way, Jimmy. Let, let's talk about this uh, this act and what it was and 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 or what it is and uh, what are the implications from it. Sure. Um, HR eight four zero four, the Respect for Marriage Act, uh, was. Um, Initiated actually back in July of uh, of 2022, and I think it was in response to what we had seen happening with the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Uh, the other side got moving to to to, to look and hey, uh, uh, Justice Tom uh, Justice uh, Thomas uh, Clarence Thomas said something that uh, triggered some people that said, hey, we should even look at Obergefell. And see, and Obergefell is the case that uh, caused same-sex marriage to, to be entered into law, and it's been that law since 2015. The Respect for Marriage Act is basically a uh, an attempt to try to codify and and just like make this to where it is law and it's it is constitutional. It's not it's not something that the Supreme Court did on their own. Or, or by themselves, but HR eight oh eight four zero four is called the Respect for Marriage Act, and it's uh, it is an attempt to repeal the Defense of Marriage Act and ensure respect for state regulation of marriage and for other purposes, right? And so, a couple of the things that are going on with this particular uh, bill is that it's it's saying that what what's going to happen with this act is that you can't uh, if if in whatever state you were married. It looks like you were married, right? You were given a, a license of marriage. Doesn't matter whatever other state you go to, they can't look at your marriage as being something false. 
And there are organizations that are involved in that as well. It could be churches, right, that, that may not recognize your, your marriage. Um, but according to this law, they have to uh, recognize you as being married, even if you are of the same sex. And so that's that's generally what this what this is doing. It's just codifying what we thought Obergefell went ahead and did uh, back then. You know, one of the things that I find interesting, and, and it's just the way that I, I feel like, you know, that they play this game is it also it includes uh protection for interracial marriages, right? So you kind of, see, we, we've seen this for a while already. I remember when we went to the G3 conference and Bodhi talked about that, that, you know, the, the whole race issue and stuff is just kind of like a springboard to talk about, you yeah. know, uh, homosexuality, gay marriage and so forth. Like, I, I think, you know, people on the left, especially try to, you know, marry these two things together, right? When, when you know, um, they, they, they don't have anything to do with one another. You know, we, yeah. we, we definitely know that as, as believers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what you know, that's the reason why they put it, put it in there. I mean, I mean, these politicians, when these lawyers and politicians write these bills, um, you know, like take most of the economic bills. Right. So, so just take, take it off race, take in and take, take it off eth- ethnicity and, and, uh, and, you know, sexual desire and orientation. Right. When you look at most of the economic bills, most of the economic bills have Medicaid and Medicare in them, right? Like some of these economic bills don't even have like they're like like they're they're for foreign policy and foreign aid, but they'll put Medicaid and Medicare inside the bill. So if you vote against it, then you're obviously against old people. You know, you're mm-hmm. against you know you know children who need this you know aid or whatever the case may be, and that's not the case. You just stuck that in the bill in order to create this. Um, this uh, this sort of emotional shield against right. what your real agenda is. And that's what they're doing with with black American people. Like they're saying, oh, well, you know, we're trying to protect interracial marriage. And like, no, like you are trying to bring in a group who is identifying with a sexual orientation, which is a behavior, which is either a learned behavior or a behavior that you garner over time. And you're associating it with an inherent trait of talking about whether a person is European, whether a person is Asiatic or African-American or whatever. Like like you're trying to associate um, race in there in order to create the shield. So that way, anybody who votes against it, you know, as Jimmy and and I talked about, basically, you'll be labeled a racist. And to be labeled a racist is more harmful than to be labeled homophobic, transphobic or whatever. That's really what 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 they're doing. So you can garner the support of two main groups. Right. You know, you have the ethnic groups, both sides, European, African. And then you have also this larger alphabet community, LGBTQ plus or whatever group. Pastor Chris, going back to what you said about Bodhi Bauckham, one of the things he talked about and he made the analogy of a train. It's like it's like the LGBTQ plus group has put the caboose on on the end of that civil rights train yeah it's just hey but you don't belong you're you're you've added that that box car and it, it just doesn't belong with the rest of this mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things it's it's funny because i i got into a little back and forth on twitter i shouldn't i know i shouldn't guys don't judge mm-hmm. me for that i'm sorry you know but every once in a while you come across somebody that um you know because my contention is this and, and i was just agreeing with somebody that when you see, you know, uh, two guys kissing and you kind of look at that and think, oh, that doesn't look right. Right. That that's a natural reaction to something that's unnatural. Yeah. Right. And that's just the way we are. When we see something that's not right, you you kind of look at it and think, OK, that's not right. Um, and in the back and forth, this 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 person from the UK 
uh, was going at me about, well, you just have to get used to it. And I'm sorry, it's just it's it's impossible to get used to something that's not natural. Mm-hmm. And she related it back to, uh, well, it was just like me when I saw a, a young uh, black woman with an older white man holding hands walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, what do you mean by that? Let me let's get a little specific. What what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, we finally got down to the fact that she's racist, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And so the, there's a big difference between ra- being racist and the words that you just used, uh, Pastor Henry, homophobic, transphobic. Those those words are made up words. Exactly. They're yeah. made up words. They're the 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 left. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't want to get political or go that way. But when the progressive side of the of the fence starts to want to change people's minds what they'll do is they'll they'll add words or they'll change words or they'll they'll redefine words and transphobia or homophobia that's a made-up word nobody's afraid phobia means fear right and nobody's afraid of of homosexuals it's just not natural Mm -hmm. and i think that's scriptural i think that 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 you'll find that the the idea that um you're going to add interracial marriages to this act just gives it that feel Pastor Henry as, as if, if you're against it, Oh, you're against interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. You must be a racist. You must be a bigot. Right. Uh, and, and so they can try to label that. That's a way that they're going to try to get that through and just make it seem like you're the enemy because of the interracial part, but that's not what we're against at all. There's, if two people get together, it doesn't matter what color they are. You actually have examples of this in the Bible. Uh, Ruth was a Moabite. Mm-hmm. Right. And she she came in. She was uh, Boaz was an Israelite and, and they got married. Right. Uh, these these marriages, there are there's several different examples. Um, who did Moses marry that uh, that his sister Miriam got upset about? Wasn't she Egyptian? Wasn't she? Uh, I'm sorry. No. I'm forgetting. Yeah, she was she was Ethiopian. Ethiopian, right. Mm-hmm. He married yeah. an Ethiopian and Miriam got upset. There was there was a Sephora. Right. Yeah. And whatever the case was, Miriam was in the wrong. Right. He's the one that got the leprosy over the over the judgment over Moses. And I I will I will look at those examples and say, I'm going with the Bible instead of that, because the Bible doesn't is not against interracial marriages. It happened in the Bible and it was blessed. Right. You see that with with Ruth and Boaz. Clearly, they're in the lineage. Right. So. It's not about interracial marriages. They add that to this bill just to make us seem like we're the bigots. Right. They, they can point yeah. to that and say, you guys are in the wrong. Yeah. J- Jimmy, you touched on, you know, the whole uh, religious angle of this bill. But let me let me go ahead and read because there was an amendment put in and, um, you know, because they needed to get some of the Republicans on board and some of the Republicans uh, weren't on board because of the whole, you know, freedom of religion thing. So right. there was there was this this uh, section here. Let me go ahead and read it. It's in one of the clauses consistent with the First Amendment to the Constitution, nonprofit religious organizations, including churches, mosques, synagogues, temples, non-denominational ministries, interdenominational and ecumenical organization missions, organizations, faith based social agency, religious educational institutions and nonprofit entities whose principal purpose is to study practice or advancement of religion and any employee of such an organization shall not be required to provide services, accommodations, advantages, facilities, goods, or privileges for the solemnization or celebration of a marriage. Any refusal under this subsection to provide such services, accommodations, advantages, facilities, goods, or privileges shall not create any civil claim or cause of action. 
Mm-hmm. So, so there is a, a small protection clause in there for religious organizations. However, the way I see it is, I think this is just you know the people who are for gay marriage just trying to advance the ball a little further. This is just the next thing they're going to come after. I was even reading an article yesterday where some people from the LGBTQ community are are happy for this uh, respect for marriage ad, but they're they're still saying that it hasn't gone far enough because of this clause here. Because churches are still, according to them, allowed to discriminate if we. Uh, don't want to provide any goods, if we don't want to have uh, a, a gay marriage in our facility, or we don't want to, uh, you know, officiate a gay marriage, they're saying that's that's discrimination. So we need to go a little further. And the next bill we need to we need to make is to kind of strike that down. So as yeah, we can see this is they're just pushing the ball a little further. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it, it's a step in that particular direction. They're just taking these steps incrementally to get to ultimately where they want to get to. I, I, I often post on social media. You know, the pattern is always first tolerance, then the next step is acceptance, and then the next step is full on celebration, right? Mm-hmm. Tolerance, right. acceptance, then celebration. So it so so it never stops. It always progresses, you know, to a point to where um it is it is going to eventually get oppressive. I mean, it's good that the clause is in there, but I would even go so far, and I'm dogmatic about this, like, you know, this shouldn't even be a bill or a clause. It shouldn't even be a thing because the union of marriage was created by God as an institution to show forth his glory in the earth. And he doesn't show forth his glory in the earth by two people who can't procreate. And people will make the argument and say, oh, well, all people can't procreate or whatever. No, but the vast majority and the union is to set up family, family structure, male and female, showing forth the glory of God in a union and in a covenant. I'm I'm sorry. If you're not that, you lose the privilege of marriage because God designed and created marriage and not man. And and that's where I want to take this, because uh, there are some people, even some Christians who are saying this is their argument. David French is a popular columnist, uh, pundit. Uh, He kind of makes his argument is that, well, the battle was lost with Obergefell back in 2015. So now same-sex marriages, the law of the land. Mm-hmm. All this does is provide protection for people who are already following a law that was already passed, but again, back in 2015. So this really does nothing. It, he actually argues that, if anything, it, it advances religious freedom because this clause is in there. And, you know, he his argument is that we live in a, a pluralistic society. People are going to do what they want to do. Uh, let's do our best to protect freedom rather than trying to, you know, protect our point of view, our, our belief and so mm. forth. And and that's their argument. And and, and I guess the, the, the pushback to that, like, like you're saying, Pastor Henry, is that, you know, this 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 has broader implications than just the law of the land. I mean, this has this is touching on, you know, God's creation on this is touching on uh, God's uh, mandate to uh, to replenish the earth. I mean, this this has broader implications. And I think that's where we need to go next. What implications does this have when we redefine marriage according to a man's views, the ways of the world, what kind of implication does this have for the rest of society? There's a there's a problem that they're having in China right now, uh, where they're trying to get the the, the birth rate up uh, because they're finding a gap. And, you know, they yeah. did that they did that whole thing where there was just a one 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 baby per family uh, because they were worried about the overpopulation of the earth or of their country. And when they did that, they didn't see the implication coming. And now they're scrambling because they're missing uh, a workforce 
and and that that's the broader implication, right? There, mm-hmm. there you go. Uh, there's a reason that God uh, mandated Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, because He knew that's 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 what's going to make the earth uh, robust, uh, flourishing. We flourish when we have uh, uh, generation after generation after generation. Um, this is uh, the the two people coming together that are of the same sex is unnatural. Let me just read Romans 1, 26 and 27. Uh, this is what it says. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. I kind of emphasize the words contrary to nature because God has a natural design mm-hmm. for the way things are supposed to work in this earth, right? And and it's his creation. He knows best. We look at, we look at, at the scriptures, right? Because we want to know, God, how does this thing work, Right. Uh, but you know, on the on the progressive side of things, you've got people that are thinking that they know best. Let, let me put my morality out there. And to Henry's Pastor Henry's point earlier, uh, when he was talking about that slippery slope, um, this has been going on for hundreds of years. Uh, uh, you know, at the beginning of 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 the book, uh, there's an introduction in the book for uh, uh, the rise of of the modern self, where he talks about his grandfather. If if his grandfather had heard the term. I'm a I'm a I'm a woman trapped in a man's body. He would have said, "What? <laughs> that's not that's not something that they would have that that wasn't common language at that mm-hmm. time." But today you hear that and it's like, okay, we've we've heard that a million times. The 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 subtle ways that they've been introducing these things into society over time. Uh, take the example of of pedophilia. You know that they've already they've already named it uh, maps. Minor attracted persons, right? Absolutely. Right, and, and and so what they've been doing is leading up to something like this, right? And there's a lot of people up in arms about the about all the uh, all the uh, drags drag time story hours because now they now they can see it. Now, all of a sudden, eyes are opened. All of a sudden, people have started to say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. What what are you doing <clears throat> with my kids in 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 the libraries? What are you doing?" Yeah. Uh, because they didn't see this subtle thing happening over time, but it's been going on for a long time and little subtle things here and there. And that's, that's one of them. Um, one of the, one of the woman trapped in a man's body uh, kind of things that were subtle over time to get you to this place that, that leads us to this contrary to nature thing uh, that is happening. And, and we're seeing Romans one played out right in our culture today, we're seeing yeah. it played out. And not, not only is it, you know, not only is it sad, it's not true. Right. right. I, I will say it's not true because there are testimonies out there of people that have gone the transgender route and they have had puberty blockers happen and they've had surgeries done. And, and then they realize that was a mistake. I was just dealing with puberty in the wrong way. And now um, the, the, this is the implication, Chris. You're asking the question. Yeah. What's the implication? This is the implication. People end up uh, hurt at the end of it and saying, wait a minute. Why was I told, why wasn't I protected when I was a teenager going through this puberty confusion? Um, yeah, it's it's further distorting the truth for the next generation, right? Yes. So, so yeah. what, what's, what's happening is our the next generation that comes after us are, are going to look at the world with a huge falsehood, 
I mean, this is this is yeah. not what is what is uh, what is true. This is not what what God intended for it to be. From that are going to flow all types of implications. I think for a society to prosper, it, it's going to have to prosper the way God designed the family to run. The, if you want to call it the nuclear family, whatever, husband and wife and children. Mm-hmm. And when we when we mess with that, then that's going to have so much so many implications in our society. We're going to see you know everything turned upside down. What's what used to be true is no longer true. And of course, we're already seeing that, like you said, Jim. But it's just going to just further advance this and it's going to get to the point where Pastor Henry said now, now it's, it's already now we're celebrating. We're seeing that already, right? I mean, we can't even turn on the TV without gay marriage or transgenderism being celebrated, right? So these commercials that come on, which is, it's it's crazy. And I, I think, I think, you know, the implication is, is that it says to society that sex, meaning you know, the biological nature of man and woman, male and female, what God has actually designed, it is saying that sex does not matter. And it very much matters. It matters when we talk about our armed forces. It matters when we talk about procreation and the children that are being born. It matters when it comes to family. There is a masculine and there is a feminine. There is um, sort of a nature to raising a child. You know, men can't breastfeed. You know, like, Like like sex matters, meaning the gender or the male and female nature matters. And God has implemented these different um, parties, male and female, to do different things. And so when you raise a generation that says sex does not matter, they have believed a lie and they're operating in that lie. I mean, I, I just think about the implications of like like if a if a trans uh woman uh, gets prostate cancer, will the doctor who took a Hippocratic oath be able to do no harm by saying, hey, dude, you know, you're not a woman. Like we have to operate on your prostate cancer. Women don't have prostates. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, you know, you know, at what point does this postmodernistic mindset, this, I mean, I'll go ahead and say it, this evil, untoward generational mindset at, you know, at, you know, you know, at what point does it, does it, does it, does it change? You know, Jimmy brought up, you know, minor attracted person. I mean, they, they're so slick with language, man. Like, dude, dude, you're, you're a pedophile. You're a sodomite. Like, why don't we even use these words anymore? Like, no, you are a pedophile. Like, you know, all this stuff matters. And the implication is, is that in every facet of life, you're going to have a whole generation of people, as you said, Pastor Chris, who are going to be believing a lie, operating in a lie. And we know what happens when when nations go against God's natural design and order. We we see that with with Israel over and over again. If you disobey the order of which of of how how God God creates, not only do you receive the practical curses, but you also receive the spiritual ones as well. Somebody on Twitter posted something uh, just in regards going back to the David French situation. And uh, they're saying, can you imagine saying, uh, well, slavery is already codified into law. So, you know, it's the law of the land. So now we just got to, you know, work within that framework. Mm-hmm. Kind of that's that's David French's argument is that, you know, gay marriage is the law of the land and we work within that framework. And, you know, when I saw that tweet, I, I was a little shocked by it, right? At first, because you're like, oh, well, slavery is this big, huge evil and everything like that. But it's really not. And people were coming down against this tweet and, and everything like that. I say you can't compare slavery to same sex marriage and so forth. And, and but, but the further I thought about it is, you know, I was thinking, you know, why not? Because both of them are contrary to nature. Jimmy, like we're on the streets, we we use the law, we bring the law to bear, and we know that the law is written in their heart. So it's not, you know, you know, you're you know, you're a thief, you know, you're an adulterer, and so forth. Right. The law is written on your heart. So gay marriage 
just like man stealing, which was what happened in slavery, Amen, is yeah. contrary to nature. So it, it is. They're not two separate things. They're the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're saying that if you are, are are a man stealer and you're operating slavery, you're you're operating on that which is contrary to nature because God has implanted His law in your heart that you, thou shall not steal. Yeah, same thing I'm with the same thing with marriage. Yeah, let, let, let me let me let me let me just cut, cut, cut it here very, very very briefly because both of those things violate the imago day. Exactly. They right. both yeah. violate the image of God. When you're oppressing another man, you are saying that you are God over this man because you own him. Right. When you are, like the text says, arsenokote in in the Greek. When when you are betting another man or when you're betting another woman as the same sex, you are violating the image of God. Mm. Sorry. No, no, that's good. And that's that's what I, what I, what I wanted to, to go with that is that it's not really a, a a stretch to say this is this is the same thing. This is what you're basically saying by saying, well, it's the law of the land. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. I mean, we saw the same thing with abortion. Right. People didn't want to want to fight that either. Well, it's the law of the land. There's nothing we can do about it. But again, this is something that we can't just sit back and accept because it, like we've already mentioned, it has so many implications. Let me give you another one. So. One, going back to the whole David, David French thing is one of, one of their arguments is that, well, all we need to do is just continue to, you know, fight these these ideologies with the gospel and so forth. And again, we're gospel people. Yes, sir. But however, marriage is one way we do proclaim the gospel. Mm-hmm. Ephesians yeah. 522, wife, submit to your husbands as the Lord, as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the, the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Amen. So marriage, when we portray marriage the way God intended it to be portrayed, it is a, a witness, a gospel witness to the world. We are showing that this is what God does. The way I love my wife is the way Christ loved his elect, is the way Christ loved his people and gave his life to the people. The way my wife submits to me is the way the church mm-hmm. submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. When we strike that down, we're not just we're not just dealing with laws anymore. We're not just dealing with the law of the land. We are dealing with something that has gospel implications because one of the ways that we proclaim the gospel to this wicked world is by having a marriage that honors God. Pastor Chris, what you were just going through, um, that definition or the way that it works in marriage uh, out of Ephesians, you know, it's really good. It shows something um, even about, you know, what Pastor Henry is saying about the about the language being changed and the way we're going through small things. I, I wanted to bring something up. I got this. I told you guys this uh I had to carry a, a Bible, a, a Bible and a, and a dictionary for like the first year of my Christian, my Christian walk. Cause man, there's some words in the Bible that are just like hard. Right. Mm. Uh, but I, I wanted to open this up. I still have this, this dictionary. It's from 1987. Mm. Uh, well, I, I got saved in 2001, but I, I've had this dictionary since like 1987. Uh, and this is what it says. Uh, when you look at the definition for marriage, the legal union of husband and wife, the ceremony, civil or religious, by which two people of opposite sex become husband and wife. Mm. And I wanted to contrast that to what you'll find if you go to uh, just, you know, the dictionary uh, on online. Right. You know, you, you type in marriage definition and this is what comes up. The legal, the legally or formally recognized union of two people as partners in a personal relationship. Hmm. And to Webster's Dictionary from the, the 19, even from just 1987, which wasn't that long ago, 
yeah. is has the words that you would find in scripture, right? The words that you would find in the Bible, which you just quoted, Pastor Chris, husbands love your wives, husbands, wives. Yeah. In here, we have two partners in a personal relationship. And I've got to ask at some point, you're going to get confused about who's the wife, right? Who's the wife in this relationship? If you got two guys getting married, who's the wife? Mm. Um, and, and you don't know. You don't know which one's the wife. I, I guess you can take the one that's more effeminate and say, you're the wife, but I, I think he might get offended, <laughs> right? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, part of this definition that you can find in, on the on the website, on, on the internet, uh, in, in parentheses says, historically and in some jurisdictions, specifically a union between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. right? Now, they had to put that in parentheses. Obviously, they changed the definition uh, since it used to be husband and wife and you'll find that if you go and you find some of your old um manuals you know uh, ministers manuals and you open up to weddings different types of weddings and you read through the weddings you'll come to the end and it, it's always the same i now pronounce you man and wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, the, the the definitions the definition the way the way the language has has changed it's yeah. what's it's what's it's what's causing the confusion. Mm-hmm. We no longer have a, a a base standard, and see, this is what happens with shaky ground, right? Uh, this is this is the shifting sand that Jesus talked about. You you don't even know where you stand anymore, yeah. and I think that Chris, you hit on something that's very important to why 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 does this even matter, right? Why why should we fight for something like this? Uh, why should we? This is the thing. I'm not going to take up arms against every uh, homosexual couple that's out there, but I don't want to lose my right to speak against it. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's contrary to nature. Yeah. I just read it in scriptures. Which one am, which one, which one am I going to go with scripture or what man decides is moral? Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to go with scripture, right? Because that's God and the, the a moral objective, the objective lawgiver. I get my morality from him, not what man yeah. has decided. This touches on, on we've talked about this before, the sphere of sovereignty, right? You know, I, I got a text the other day from a, from a guy, and he was, he was asking me if, if I would marry his mom and the person she was with. And they, they weren't married, but this guy, he was in the, he was, he was in the hospital. Hmm. And if I would go to the hospital and marry them. You know, I, I said what I said, and I asked about, you know, the uh, have they registered, you know, their marriage with the state and so forth. And they said, no, they, they're having trouble doing that. Do, did they have to wait? My my view was that, you know, if if they want me to marry them and they fear that something might happen to him, he's in the hospital and so forth, I'll marry him. Because to me, if you want to honor this marriage before God, that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Right? So, and, yeah. and, you know, Pastor, anyway, I know we've dealt with this in the past, you know, when, when people say, well, you know, can you guys marry us? We haven't, we have some issues we got to take care of, but we want to make our marriage right before God. We always say, yes, we will. Because yeah. again, God is, that's the most important thing. God is the one who recognizes marriage. States do not make, recognize marriage. They might be able to give you tax breaks and tax laws and recognize all that stuff. But the ultimate authority who recognizes a marriage is the one who created marriage. And that is God. Amen. So God has sovereignty over the state. So, no matter what the state says, the state can say that marriage is between a man and a dog, whatever. It doesn't matter. What does God say? God yeah. says marriage is between a man and a woman. Like hearing that, Pastor Chris, and also hearing sort of the definitions that you kind of laid out, Jimmy. Like, I just think about, you know, like not every problem, but the majority of problems is that is that we and I'm talking about like as, as society and parts of the church as well. 
we allow these changing of definitions, these, this postmodern idea. And as Jimmy was kind of reading the definition, I'm just thinking like, you know, we wouldn't have these problems. Think about, you know, just the concept of race, right? There would be no interracial laws or no laws about uh, interracial couples because race is a social construct in and of itself. Race is comes from Darwinism, right? Right. You know, the structure and the fighting for favored races, which is uh, the subtext to the origin of species. Like we are one human race of people with multiple ethnos, as the Bible says in Acts. We have multiple ethnicities, but there is no race, meaning that we, you know, you know, Christians. Well, I would say, you know, the vast majority of Christians, we don't hold to this Darwinist idea that that Jimmy, because he's Hispanic, and because I'm 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 historically African or somebody is historically European, we evolved in different spaces of, of, of uh, the earth. And so therefore, we are different subspecies who just so happen to come into, you know, the same uh, structure of, of being the same species. No, we were created in the image of God. And then those disparate people went to parts of the earth and they adapted uh, based upon their cultural environment, based upon their physical environment, and they develop different, different traits, higher melanin, low melanin, a lot of hair, less hair, or whatever the case may be. But we wouldn't even be dealing with most of these issues if we would just, as you said, Pastor Chris, just hold to and accept and stand on the firm foundation of what God defines as ethnicity and race, of what God defines as sex, as sex, male and female. We are seeing these problems because we we are allowing this this constant train to be able to redefine uh, these things. And I'll speak against it until the day I die or until I go to jail or until whatever consequence that God has, has for me. Yeah. So I want to take, let me throw this text really quickly because I hear this argument a lot. Jesus never talked about uh, same sex marriage. He never talked about homosexuality and so forth, but I mean, he did talk about marriage. And he, when he talked about marriage, it was in the context of a man and a woman, Matthew, I'm mean, sorry, Mark chapter 10, verse six, he says, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Mm. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. So Amen. this is Jesus. These are Those are Jesus' words. And look what he's saying about marriage. Marriage is between a male and a female. So when people... If any of our listeners are out there and, and, and you, you ever get, you know, attacked with this question that Jesus never talked about homosexuality, take them to Mark chapter, Mark chapter 10 and show them this, show them this text. Jesus did talk about marriage. And when he talked about marriage, he talked about it in the context of a man and a woman. Yeah, I just love that because Jesus says in the beginning of verse six, I just love the, the first part from the beginning of creation. Right. He did this. Yeah. Let me let me let me go to the beginning of creation. Genesis two, uh, starting in verse 22, because I think that it's important to, to get it in context of what God actually did here. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to man to the man. Mm. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold to his, fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, the reason I wanted to go back to that, because, you, you know, Jesus pointed to this particular scripture at the very beginning of creation. Mm-hmm. And there, there you see the order that God placed it in, right? You see the order, the design that he, that he did. He created man first, 
And out of man, he created woman, and then he put the two together. And, and Adam recognized Adam recognized this is this is bone of my bone. This is flesh yeah. of my flesh. This is not like the other animals that I've just named. All these other animals that I just this is this is the one. And and it's it's odd to see the way that the world has gone uh, in in some of these some of these things. That also, you know, let's not let's not get it. You know, let's not lose sight of the fact that some of this stuff leads to polyamory and polygamy. And, and things like that. Incest. We, incest. Exactly. Yeah. The, this 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 road that they you know that they want to take us down and normalize all these different things. This is just one step, as you were saying earlier, Pastor Chris. You know, just to get this bill passed, let's add this one amendment, but we'll get to it later, right? We're going to change their minds about all this sexual perversity and i think that we're 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 seeing romans one played out i mean but this is this isn't new there's nothing new under the sun this is this has been happening for a long time i just my my surprise is how out and out it is right it is just in our faces all the time i ended up watching uh you guys are gonna look at me funny i ended up watching Lightyear the other day because i was watching i was watching my my uh, my granddaughter uh, I had to babysit for for a full day, and that was what was left on when when my daughter left. Hey, Olive's right there. Can you watch her? Light years on, and uh, the thing that got me is his commander ended up being um, lesbian. Yeah, and uh, in the in the in the cartoon, um, she built a family over time while he was out doing missions. He'd come back, and she was building a family with some woman. I'm thinking. How does that happen? Mm. It's not. It's not possible for her to have a son with this other female um, because it just doesn't go together. It doesn't work. Right. Um, And so ultimately, uh, it leaves you with the question. Well, how does that how does how is that possible? Mm -hmm. It's it's contrary to nature. It's not the way God intended it. Um, In any case, I think that that's that's a that's a big direction that the the progressive wants. Progressives want to take us the postmodern world wants to take us and we got to keep on saying what we're saying right so before we close i do want to throw one last question out because you know somebody out there might be listening and have this question so you guys are talking about this issue of marriage you guys are always talking about freedom and you know liberty and so forth uh, you know so what is it to you why, why does it matter to you if what what i do in my you've heard this argument what i do in my own bedroom and so forth so why why are you talking i mean you're, you're using a whole episode to talk about it uh if you're so much for freedom and liberty let me have my freedom and liberty why does it matter to you guys what, what do you say to that i'm, I'm going to say this you know for the person the, the unbeliever right you're going to do what you're going to do that's not going to stop me from saying hey stop redefining the words that god gave us right stop redefining um all these things because it's a slippery slope as we've been talking about, you know, you you are already going to do what you're going to do, but here's what I'm going to tell you, right? It's sinful, right? Um, God's against it for a reason, right? There's, there's something called sexual immorality. It's in one of the lists, right? Go to first Corinthians chapter six, verses nine and 10. You're going to get offended when you go read that, uh, but it's there. So the sexual immorality plays a big part. Uh, it's one of our huge idols here in this world, right? Uh, you'll make an idol out of anything. You've made an idol out of your same-sex partnership, right? Um, this is who you identify as, and yet this is the this is the thing you wanted to make yourself God for a long time. You are God of your own life, and uh, you don't want to submit to what God 
has said is a is the right thing. So I would say to you this: you're in rebellion against God, right? And God commands men everywhere to repent, right, and come to Christ um, because that that sin that you're in was paid for, right? Um, if in fact you have believed, right? Um, if you believe that, that Christ took that sin to the cross, you can be saved. You can repent and turn away from that sin. Um, there are testimonies of people that have come out of relationships like this and uh, have come to see the light, right? Have come to see Christ as, as who he is. And so that's, that's what I would say. My, my concern uh, is that we continue to go down this path and that my, my, my children and my grandchildren are going to be confused because you've wanted to normalize something that isn't normal. I would, I would say this, Chris, uh, to, that, to that person who is making the freedom argument, right? Freedom is not without danger. And freedom is not without consequence. And what type of freedom are you talking about? Because there's a difference. And look at what we're talking about here. We are talking about laws that are being instituted inside of a nation state. So we're not talking so much about freedom. We're talking about enforcement of laws, right? Because your freedom yeah. to commit sin or to do something is going to ultimately one day, if not soon, violate my freedom. Because my freedom to be able to speak against your lifestyle, you're going to be upset about. And if it was just that, me speaking against your lifestyle or what you do or or sort of admonishing you for sin, if it was just that, then that would be freedom. But the problem is it doesn't just remain that way. Like I said, yeah. first step is tolerance. Second step is acceptance. Then the third step is to codify into law full-blown celebration. Right. Yeah. Because the only reason why the government even cares about marriage is because of children that can only be gotten out of a male and female relationship. That's the True. reason why the government cares. It, yeah. it cares about the illegitimate children and also cares, cares about cares about money. Let me just take it off. You know, you know, the you know, the homo homosexual marriage. I don't agree. And I preach against no, no, no fault divorce. As a Christian, I can't agree with no fault divorce, because if if you commit adultery, Jesus said this. If you commit adultery, you have broken the covenant of that marriage. Now, now I don't. Now, I also don't don't believe that it it should be automatic divorce. I, I believe that you can come come back from cheating and adultery and everything else if the couple uh, is able to reconcile. But we have into law in many many states. I think thirty six out of the fifty states has no fault divorce. That's evil to me because it was somebody's fault if you broke the covenant by cheating, by abuse, or by abandonment, then you broke the covenant that God had put together. That's your sin, and you need to be held, held responsible for it by God's law. But man's law says, hey, it's nobody's fault. So, 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 so that's the freedom argument, Like, because you're not so much making an argument about freedom, you're making an argument about enforcement, and that's where I draw the line. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Pastor Henry. Even, even from the from the beginning of our of our founding uh, country, founding nation, they they believed that true freedom was only attained by the rule of law. Right? Yeah. We needed to have some type of rule of law in this country in order for us to experience true freedom and for freedom to advance. And we see that, right? Because you know, in order for us to have true freedom, we do need to have laws that say you can't kill people. You can't steal, right? Mm. And l notice those two things that I mentioned, right? They come, where do they come from? They come from the second table of the law, right? So now we're not the anonymous here. I'm, at least I'm not, I'm not at the anonymous. <laughs>
So I would I would say, okay, the first table of the law, I'm not fighting for the government to enforce that. I agree right. with that. The second table of the law, however, I believe that God established these laws because he knows how a just society should function and how, how we should best prosper. And, you know, again, and the common person knows that. They know that for us to have true freedom and to have a, a prosperous nation, we need to have certain laws. But what's included in that second table of the law is adultery. And some might say, well, homosexuality is not adultery. But if you look at the true definition of adultery, it is sex with someone that isn't your spouse. And again, what have we been talking about for the past hour? That God defines who is your spouse. Amen. It is a man and a woman. So when you are doing things contrary to nature and having sexual relations with someone that isn't your spouse. And remember, uh, someone of the same sex cannot be your spouse exactly. and you are committing adultery. So this gay marriage does fall under the second table of the law. Absolutely. And again, back to tying it back to the freedom. If we do want true freedom and we want the advancement of freedom, then we need to have a nation that has the constraints of the rule of law. And part of that is, is having a, you know, a just second table. So, I, I, I believe it does have implications hey, to, to, to freedom. That's good. That's good. So final thoughts, guys? You know, I, I think that, you know, which you'll, you'll have a bunch of people that are, if this gets into the wrong hands, <laughs> I don't know if Solcast gets into the wrong hands, uh, that will come down on us, you know, because just live and let live, right? Just live and let live. But I don't do that with the gospel on a regular basis, right? I go out to evangelize on a Friday night, Um because I want people to come to know Christ, right? And it doesn't matter to me what their sin is. And I've had people, I've had people ask me questions, you know, when you go out there and preach to people, you know, do you ever get into these arguments with people that are homosexual? Did they, did they come after you for that? Um, I've never had that conversation. And I know I've witnessed to some homosexuals and to some right. lesbians out there on the streets. I've right. never had somebody come after me for that. I, I want to I prick the conscience, right? You know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. It's somewhere inside of you, maybe in that in that um, in that conscience that's been seared, seared over. You know, you you've told yourself the lie that this is okay for so long that you've started to believe it, right? That you've started to believe I was just born this way, even though it was some trauma, right? Uh, I I've told you the story before. I, I talked to a, a lesbian woman who had kids, and I when I asked her. How do you have kids? And she's like, oh, well, you know, I was with guys before, but they just didn't listen to me. So I found a woman who would listen to me. Hmm. Now, this isn't true, a true lesbian. She just decided she wanted somebody to listen to her. And so this is the road that she took to get somebody to listen to her. Uh, shame on men for not listening to their wives. Right. Uh, but in, in any case, I would say this. Um, it's I'm not I'm not coming straight at just this one subject. Uh, I want to address all sin. Yeah. And say, let's repent, put our trust in Jesus Christ. Right. Um, and turn away from these sins, um, even for the for the homosexual or for the lesbian that's out there. That's to, that's that's saying, hey, look, I I, I, I went in somewhere inside of you in that conscience that's been seared um, is knowledge that this isn't right. And I would I would just ask you to look inside. Right. Um Maybe not so much look inside as look in the scriptures, but um, go and go and find the truth. Right. Um, it, it can be found. Um, you know, talk to somebody that would help you to understand this is not the right road. Um, come to know Christ uh, and repent. Yeah. Amen. I, 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 I would leave you with uh, with uh, a couple of verses from Psalm 20. 
Psalm 20, uh, verse 5 through 7. It says, may we shout for joy over salvation, and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God, right? And it goes on to just praise God. And so I, I praise praise God for that, is that at the end of the day, you know, I got my shirt on, uh, shout out to, uh, 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 to my boy at the Bar Network, but, um, you know, the government is not God, right? Like, we don't worship governments because every single government, no matter how powerful, no matter how free we feel they are, no matter how prosperous the uh, the uh, society, every government that is not in the kingdom of heaven, that is not the kingdom of heaven, excuse me, will fall, yeah. will not last. Um, David's throne did not last. Um, and so we see the only throne that is necessary uh, for for man's salvation is the throne of Jesus Christ. Amen. And his and, and and only his kingdom will will be forever. So I so I think that we should continue to toil. We should continue to fight. We should continue to be the salt and the light of every nation that a Christian finds himself in. We so happen to find ourselves in the nation of America, the United States of America. So we should continue to do so. And we should continue to hold up the banner of Jesus Christ, the banner of the Lord, uh, because we don't trust in horses and chariots, but we trust in the kingdom of God. Yeah, no, good stuff. I just want to echo that, too, because I think you guys are say, touching on something that's very important is that we don't want to be defeatist either. You know, we're victorious and we're children of God. You know, we know that we win, right? Amen. Like at the end of the book, we win. And, and also, you know, to, just to to another end, I mean, I, I also want to, you know, speak to those people, you know, out there that want to, you know, get tied up in this stuff. You know, just remember, you know, continue to serve God, continue to do His will, continue to love people, continue to, to advance the gospel and let God do what He's going to do. I mean, I think at times, sometimes we can get so caught up and this stuff and you know it can make us become angry i don't know if you guys got a chance to see uh the uh puritan conference a conversation between john MacArthur and john piper but there was a little clip going around and you know uh macarthur was was saying uh talking about how you know this world is, is changing and you know the, the the persecution that's coming and and i know macarthur doesn't feel like this because you know i listen to plenty of macarthur but he was kind of just in that little clip in that little snippet he was kind of kind of playing the bleak picture you know and, and piper was like you know yeah i agree with you and he even said you know i know i know macarthur you don't agree with this but at the same time we need to not give our people you know this sense of uh anger or, or defeatism you know we, we need to give them the you know the the joy of the Lord and, and have them express that, you know, we are victorious, you know, continue to do the will of God. Let me just read the text. First John uh, 2, 17, the world is passing away along with all its desires, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. So if you are a child of God doing the will of God, you remain. Everything that we see out there, everything that's changing, everything that even might, might, uh, you know, frighten us, anger us, whatever, that stuff's going to pass away. But those who are in the Lord, those who do the will of God are going to remain. You're going to remain standing. You're going to be victorious. So don't, Amen. you don't feel like, you know, everything's crashing down and, you know, the, the sky is falling and, you know, there's nothing we can do. No, there is something we can do. We continue to, we can continue to do the will of God. We continue to preach the gospel, continue to love people and, uh, you know, express the joy that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode out there. If you got anything to add, any pushback, anything, uh, 
you want to share with us, make sure you find us online. You can check out our website at www.thesolocast.com. You can also find us on our social media sites. We're on Instagram at the Solarcast. We're also at, on Twitter at Sola underscore cast. And you guys are at? I'm at Los Jimmy. And I'm at Knox Broadcast. And I'm at C. Hernandez 214. I noticed ever since uh, Elon Musk took over, you guys are acting a little crazier on Twitter, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not afraid of being, uh, you know, kicked out anymore. I yeah, think. I don't have to be so cryptic no more. I, I told <laughs> you, man, I, 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 I've, been, I've been banned. I, th- I think my longest suspension was for 14 days. They didn't make me delete the tweet, but they definitely, you know, banned me a, a few times <laughs> for certain articles. So. Oh, well, it, Twitter's gotten more lively, man. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. It, and I mean, you know, you go on there and see the craziest things. I want them to add a, a laugh button, one of these buttons that just like, yeah, come oh, on, yeah. that's that is hilarious, yeah, man. And so, yeah. um, but it's been crazy. Uh, you, did you hear be honest, we're all just waiting for Trump to come back to entertain. Well, well, what he brought back, quote unquote, uh, I think, I think Milo, Trump, Andrew Tate, uh, who else? Uh, the Babylon what's yeah. Jordan yeah, Peterson. The, the, uh, what's what's the redhead uh, comedian? She she's older now. Griffin. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, Kathy yeah. Griffin. Kathy Griffin. Yeah, yeah. yeah he brought yeah, back he, yeah, he so. brought back uh, Jordan Peterson as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He had been banned, so you know yeah. it's a live awesome. place, man. Yeah. Also, if you're uh, interested, go to our, our social media sites and, and uh, we are giving a promotion away. Jimmy, you know a little bit more about this promotion. Yeah. For the yeah, G3 yeah. Yeah. So uh, the G3 conference is going to happen right at the end of September this next year, uh, 2023. It's a biannual thing. Used to be an annual thing, but we've gone. Uh, to several of these conferences uh, since about 2018. I think we've been going to this conference. I've gone to some of the regional, but this is the national conference. The subject is going to be the sovereignty of God. They always have the greatest speakers. They have uh, Vody Bauckham, Stephen Lawson, mm. uh, you know, some some really great speakers. Uh, always a good time, always edifying. And, uh, you know, if you've been in that room worshiping with these with these individuals, you know, talk about 7,000 people raising their hands. Well, raising yeah, their hands. Sir. That's the best part of G3, man, the worship. Yeah. The worship is fantastic it's it's uh you know you gotta be a part of it uh but we are giving a promotion if you go out to their website we'll we'll put the i don't know chris i'll send you the link and you can put it in the <laughs> and um we'll try. you know the code is g3sc for solocast g3sc it'll give you 30 percent off the tickets to go to g3 uh next year at the end of september october yeah. we'd love to meet you out there uh go sign up use the promo code and uh you know you'll get 30 percent off yeah, looking forward to it. If you're in the Dallas area, you're looking for a church to visit, you can find us on the east side. You can go to www.ecclesiachurch.org or also on the south or west side, you can find us at redemptivecity.org. But anyway, until next time. Let's get to the meat. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. I just made this beat right now. I'm MC Goya. Okay, listen. I'm on the ground like El Chapo in a tunnel, eating about 12 tacos. I'll put you in a box like a gato. Punchline stay in my mouth like Mr. Sacco. Jay thinks he runs Christian hip hop. He wears white socks when he wears his flip flops. And he looks like Suge Knight. I put him in a chokehold and say goodnight. It's not music, but clothes that he started. I can find better shirts in a flea market. Okay, Google, who's the best rapper? Goya, Rat and Grace is full of-